0: Now, the travel industry has been at one of the hardest hit industry sectors due to the pandemic. But with markets around the world and the region beginning to reopen for travelers, perhaps we are nearing the light at the end of the tunnel, at least for the travel industry. According to Deloitte's 2022 travel outlook, corporate travel demand should improve significantly when workers return to the office in greater numbers, enabling more client visits. Even achieving the best possible scenario for COVID outcomes, not all road warriors will be eager to return to their pre-pandemic frequencies. And at the same time, CEOs and CFOs will likely continue to closely scrutinize travel, spend and return on investment after operating successfully with so few trips. One of the topics we've been covering with finance leaders around Asia during the pandemic has been the issue of transformation, both whole of business transformation and the digital transformation of finance itself. Joining us today to shed light on how finance is undertaking this transformation is Mr. Timothy Williams, CFO for FCM Travel in Asia. Tim, welcome to Podchats for future CFO. Thanks, Alan. Looking forward to the chat. Do you need to transform finance today to enable or facilitate a more holistic business transformation?
1: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. First of all, let me start. I hate the word transformation.
0: I think the problem
1: with transformation is everybody sees transformation as being, hey, let's go on cost cut. Let's automate and cost cut, right? And so they're, they're kind of missing the value that transformation brings. Transformation's ongoing all the time um, as a business and, and you need that to stay competitive. So I think when we think about finance transformation, if anyone's embarking on that, today you're a little bit behind the curve let's be honest i mean most companies have been sort of yeah we like to call it optimization is the better way we like to refer to it but most companies have kind of been down that path for a while COVID, to an extent has for some industries has fast-tracked that decision making for others less so i think one of the things we always have to remember with the pandemic that's gone on and is still going on to an extent is you know some industries like the travel industry were heavily hit very heavily impacted right But then, for example, take other industries like video gaming or, you know, mobile gaming, et cetera. You know, your Amazons out there when it comes to e-commerce and so forth, they've been booming. You've got two very different sides of the coin. So it's not like the entire world fell into this giant crevice of, of pain and hell. And that's where we all are. It's just that's kind of what happened. So when we think about finance transformation, I mean, realistically, I like to take it and simplify it because when you think about finance transformation, yes, there's components around being more optimized in the sense of having probably a leaner workflow and that's very important because it allows us to redeploy the capital that was in, in, you know invested in those people to, to deploy it back into the systems that we need to do but really what i like to think about it from a perspective is you're taking the very low value add transactions that are repetitive in nature and so forth and you're automating it and that's your automation component but really it's giving you greater insights and it's those greater insights that better help the business so whether it's better working capital management whether it's better insights into your client behavior if it's better Insights into you know what's happening from an expense management perspective, and one of the things that businesses have struggled with for, for a long period of time is, and, and sort of I guess you hear it a lot in the world of, of finance at times, is the holy grail of predictive analytics and where the business is going to go right, and the ability for unfortunately human behaviour tends to either err on the extremely cautious side or it's on the extremely pessimistic side. And uh, and I can tell you in my teams, I have people who sit on the far ends of either, uh, which sometimes makes forecasting a little little bit of pain. But the ability to take that and have it highly automated and give you greater insights to allow you to better drive the business. I tend not to like to take finance transformation as a core and tie it to the rest of the business, but ultimately it does allow better decision-making, which ultimately leads to better investment decision-making, which means that you
0: can drive the business in a better way you mentioned a word i think you said optimization or or maybe it's modernization now do you believe that continuous process optimization is the foundation for sustained competitive advantage but let's try and separate it into two pieces
1: right so the first piece is optimization is always ongoing um you can never absolutely nail it 100% I mean, there's obviously some industries that are very good at it. Manufacturing are exceptionally good at it. There's the travel industry, somewhat good at it. I wouldn't say the world's best, but we're getting there. But when you look at process optimization, you've got a component in there, which is to strip out wasted resources, right? And wasted resources can range from people to liquidity to well, to capital that you're pushing into the business, right? And so what you want to do is every dollar that you're spending on these wasted activities is taking away a dollar from driving the business. And I talk to my guys a lot about this. I would love to spend find a way to save 20, $30,000 to either redeploy back into greater insights that can come out and can drive the business, honestly, to redeploy it into my sales team, because that's where I get the greatest return on investment. And so it's very important from that perspective. So that's what I when I think about the, the wasted dollars. From a broader optimization perspective across the whole of the business, look, those insights allow you to better understand how the other parts of the business are driving. Um, one of the things we do a lot of work on in our controllership side of our house, no one's missed when it comes to finding better ways to do things. Through that, we can identify where there's wastage in the other parts of the business. And then from there, we've you know, we obviously mapped things out and then we can start to work with them to be even more streamlined from there. Like, and in the end, ultimately, what we're looking to do is drive the best bottom line return that we can for our company, but also achieve our growth targets. And to do that, we obviously have to invest in the business. And so it's trying to find the right balance. And that's where broad-based process optimization across the board, to an extent, yes, it gives you a competitive advantage because those who are wasting dollars in activities that bring very low value, they're not going to have those dollars to go and invest in the business. For us as an organization, we're a very aggressive sales organization. Um, We have very lofty plans. We've outperformed our industry peers significantly in the last, let's say decade, but in here in Asia, definitely in the last three years, I mean, during COVID, it was tough for us like nobody else. But as a business, we've grown exponentially during that time. Um, And so, you know, I think how we were able to do that is because we have a very strong focus on how do we drive the business forward, but how do we take that leakage out of the business from an expense perspective.
0: And within the areas that you've improved so far, which areas would you like to see improved upon? Or is there a wish list of things that you say, okay, I could have done this better this way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think one of the ones is actually something a few people would think about in their heads, but probably tend not to speak about. It's it's actually emotion. It's human emotion. And so one of the things that we've done a good job of, but I think we can do a lot better, is to take that emotional aspect out of our decision-making. And to do that, we need to have good quality insights. And so by doing that, we're making decisions based on the facts, not based on gut feel or based on the fact that somebody is obviously pretty upset when we sit there and say, you know, you're you're not optimized, you need to make changes in your business because, hey, actually, by the way, what we're doing behind the scenes is we want to take the dollars that you are spending here and we want to redeploy it into other things that we're doing. For us, one of the things we've done very well, but I would like to see more of is the way we've integrated our systems. So if I think about Asia, for example, we are quite spread we have very different markets. We have actually rationalized a number of our systems. We've reduced them significantly. We've done very well inside of the group. We've actually really reduced that, but I'd like to see more of that. And we're at a, what I would call a a base stage now, where we're pretty happy with what the structure is of those systems and how they, to an extent, link. We can do a bit more there. But what we want to do now is to utilize or harness the power of what those tough decisions, they were extremely tough decisions that we took, have given us so that now as we push forward with the business, you know, we can provide that greater insight. We can be much more targeted. Um, You know, when I talk to the marketing department about how we want to go after something, we can actually talk to them about, do we want to be going after that? Does it meet what our long-term strategy is? How are we going to ensure that we're going to get a return
0: on it? And then I can hold them accountable. If you had to look at it, how would you rate the finance team's competency in helping drive a successful, okay, I'll use the bad word transformation. And if there's one area that you think the team struggles most when it comes to this uh, quote unquote transformation exercise.
1: Look, I have a very, very lean... Finance organization these days, um, from I think where it was when I first started it, you know, at FCM, and I think we went through some really tough times, and I mean really tough times. And I think there's a lot of an emotional aspect that came with it, but the main thing was to make sure that we had a long-term goal or a long-term vision as to what we wanted to achieve. And we, and I, to an extent, I would say that's something that everybody needs to think about. The, the one thing that we hold ourselves accountable, at least in a finance organization, and everybody should do this, is the decisions that we took were always, weren't based on stripping out costs. They weren't based on, you know, even getting the baseline. For us, it was about getting to where we needed to be so that when the business doubles, Triples, quadruples over the next couple of years, and we're extremely aggressive, is that they can scale as an organization without having to drive significant investment. You know, whether that's more people, whether that's new systems, whether that's Band Aid solutions, which I hate more than anything, it's it's really setting that foundation so that, you know, to an extent, it takes the pressure off us because now I know that when I double in size, I'm not frantically running around to try and match. I'm already there, and you know what? It means that we can not stress, but we can worry less about that output and focus more on the business to allow them to do what they need to do. And so, for anyone going through this sort of journey, I'd actually say the longer term goal and the longer term vision being being very clear cut on that, and ensuring that you can scale the business and still to an element fit within those boundaries is really key. You know, I've worked at other organizations, right? And, and I've got friends who work at all sorts and we talk about this as well. And a lot of the cases, the one of the things you always hear about is oh, but you know, we've got this system and no one cares about finance systems, right? And that's true. No one does care about finance systems because ultimately if it works, people tend to be happy. So what the finance organization has to do is show that, hey, when you double and triple in size, one, you've got the same system, but it's giving you the insights that you need to drive the business forward.
0: One of the more interesting bits of observations we've had in the last couple of years is this issue of ESG, right, environmental, sustainable and governance. If the overarching goal for many businesses, including perhaps uh, those in the travel industry, such as yours, FCM, is to create a sustainable transformation of finance, what needs to happen in your perspective?
1: It depends how you want to look at a sustainable transformation of finance. I mean, really, ESG and what you're looking at is a, is a footprint, right? Um, mm-hmm. So when you're talking about when you talk about finance and transformation, it's either reducing footprint. That's one thing it's being highly connected across the globe so that people aren't traveling from point to point and doing whatever they do. Although I, I will admit there is huge value in people traveling from office to office and meeting with people. But you know, having to send teams of 10 in is probably not, maybe not the best sustainability picture that you would think of. Although sometimes there's value in that. That's what I prefer that companies would think about is that they think about what is the value that they're getting out of this versus I just need to try and hit a sustainability target. And I think we see that actually a lot when you look at other businesses and you look outside of finance so if i bring it back to finance it's it's being highly connected it's reducing your people footprint it's you know utilizing things like cloud-based solutions which don't obviously require an office footprint it's giving insights as to you know what the business is doing and so forth which come off the back of that all of these things kind of come together but i actually had a really interesting discussion with one of my colleagues let's call him that one of my peers here in, in asia you know he and i were having a great discussion around whether or not We should invest in something that drives further sustainability and I actually asked him how much more incremental benefit would the organization get from doing that and you know the response was maybe one percent and so i was like well remember that it's great to have a sustainability strategy absolutely and i'm all for it but to get one percent more you've got to balance that against what is the investment required to get the one percent more and what's the return that you're going to get out of that and i think that's something that businesses are starting to to an extent a lot of businesses are coming from a low base so once they get up to that let's call it the higher end of that base, you know of where they need to be those decisions will become a bit more apparent because i mean people aren't going to invest you know a million dollars to to generate a return on investment of zero or one percent they're just not going to do that so i think the same applies to finance right so that's where finance plays a key role in helping people understand that and making those decisions
0: now we started off this discussion uh about possibly seeing the light at the end of the tunnel (laughs) where do you expect the focuses of finance uh, including yourselves will be in 2022 from a finance perspective, our focus this year is very much on liquidity
1: management. Liquidity, it's its kind of funny, that they're hand in hand, but it's going to be liquidity management. It's going to be investment and investment strategies as, as to what we want to do, um, because now is a great time to invest And to be honest, last year was an even better time to invest than this year. Um, and you can read about that all day long. And then it's going to be expense management is probably going to be a big one. So for us, we don't need to invest in technology, although we are going through one at the moment. But once we've done with that, we won't need to do any more on the finance. Side, so I think those will be my our core areas. The reason I say liquidity is especially in Asia more than anything. The nature of the market in the travel industry here it's quite a capital intensive business, and so the ability for us to have a core focus on that, be very focused in on the different clients and how we can manage that is key. We like I mentioned, we've grown very aggressively during COVID. I mean, the business we were going into COVID versus where we are today, we're not the same business. Um, And so we need to keep that in mind. That would be the sort of the liquidity management piece. From a investment perspective, as I sort of mentioned, there's a huge potential for investment in our, definitely in the region here, in Asia. To be honest, there's there's a huge potential for investment all over the globe at the moment, especially in our industry. And so I think, finding the right ones and seeing what we want to do, seeing which ones are you know direct sort of acquisitions versus complementary acquisitions versus how do we you know, put more money into the business from a people perspective to sell more, deal with our clients in a better way, making sure we keep up with that demand that's coming through because it is travel is very different to what it was pre-COVID and it will be like that for a little bit of time. The recovery will, by far, outstrip the ability for governments to catch up i literally just you know came back from a trip and going to where i went was very simple coming back into singapore was simply ish but it wasn't the most simple thing you could imagine and so the the growth that you'll see and we're already seeing that today in in asia um, is is always going to outstrip the ability for governments to, to react quickly and then the last one is the expense is trying to control our expense space to make sure that we capture the margin accretion as it comes through from, uh, you know, let's call it post or during or whatever, you know, during COVID as we sort of come out of it. So they'll be our core three areas to focus
0: on. Last question, if I could. What is your advice to other finance leaders who are themselves undergoing their own transformation journeys, both in 2022 and beyond?
1: Actually, having a voice and a big voice, you know, every organization is different. So I think data and analytics plays a massive role for any organization as we go forward. And and it's funny because when I look at projects that have been involved, which have been heavily finance impacted projects and seeing the lack of, or the poor involvement of finance stakeholders and data and analytics stakeholders. And the two go very hand in hand is actually quite high. And I think, you know, I mean, like I said, we're going through a project at the moment. And yeah, the first thing I said, it was like, was literally, I don't really care what goes on here but the two stakeholders that get their own independent meeting here is the finance stakeholders and the data and analytics stakeholders because ultimately their their areas can be a little bit confusing and i think people forget about that the advice i would give so that would be the first one the second one is always have a long-term vision one of the problems with tech transformation especially is people look at it from hey my business sucks today or the processes are really poor and so i just want to solve and make my life better today and it takes strong leadership to actually sit there and say i get as painful today and you might have to live with a little bit more pain for maybe six months. But ultimately, we need to build something that's sustainable for three, four, five years time. Because <laughs> let's be honest, no company or no CFO in their right mind and no leadership in their right mind should be investing in new finance systems or band-aid adaptations to it every three years. It's just not an effective return on investment from what you're doing by investing in your business. You can do other things with that money. So it's having a clear cut view as to where do I want to be in, let's say, three to five years, what it is we're trying to achieve, but also Also then linking that back to the business and saying, right, where is the business going to be in three to five years? And what I'm designing today, will that be able to support the business in three to five years? Because too often solving today's problems doesn't solve the problems for tomorrow. And so ensuring that there's line of sight as to how that's going to grow and develop and how that's going to be supported is absolutely critical to the business being successful. And the reason is it takes the noise out of the business. And I think, and you don't want noise when people are talking about finance systems, BI systems, you know, fp to an extent, technology and so forth. You, you don't want that. You want the business to run and you want the business to be able to
0: scale and be supported. Tim, thank you for joining me on podcast for future CFO. Not a problem. That was Timothy Williams, CFO for FCM Travel in Asia, speaking on the topic of CFO strategies for long-term growth. You are listening in the Podchats for Future CFO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CFO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CFO. Bye for now.